electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, futures up here as the Dow tries for its longest win streak in over a year. Uh, some goodwill gestures on trade from both China and the U.S. Draghi launches open-ended QE, to which the president says the Fed must cut, despite the biggest jump in core CPI in a decade today. Jobless claims lowest since April. Our roadmap begins with uh, tariff pause. The president agreeing to a two-week delay as a gesture of goodwill. Stocks point to a higher open. Plus Eurozone stimulus, the ECB launching a new bond buying program. Could it impact Fed decision making in the next week? And as the Democrats get set to debate tonight, Elizabeth Warren, who has been closely watching this program, proposing a sweeping increase in Social Security benefits financed by taxes on wealth. The president delaying the imposition of some new China tariffs as a goodwill gesture. Additionally, China officials say that Chinese companies have started inquiring about prices for purchases of U.S. ag. All of this coming ahead of planned meetings between the U.S. and China in early October. Earlier on Squawk, the Treasury Secretary described the state of trade between those two countries. We've had a series of principal-level conversations. We have a deputies meeting planned in the next two weeks where the Chinese will be coming here and they'll be working on material in advance of the vice premier coming here at the beginning of October to meet with Ambassador Lighthizer and myself. So we look forward to hopefully making progress over the next few weeks. All right. Said tariffs could go up, they could go down. Yeah. Said he's looking at the 50-year bond uh, potentially next year. Right. I mean, look, the president is really banking on not just a very big ag purchase, but more than that. Chinese this morning telling the journal, look, uh, they want to limit this to just trade. Good luck. I mean, that's not the ethos of our country right now. It really, the Chinese are so misjudging the president. The president's much harder line than they realize. Just not going to buy, not going to cave because they order a lot of soy or order a lot of pork, particularly because they haven't been able to get this swine flu under control. Although he does seem focused on it every time that there is the potential for... Well, because they... A purchase, he likes to tweet about it, talk about the farmers, it's coming. I mean, yep. and, and when it didn't, he seemed to get very upset about well, it as well. he says, set the bar again today, which basically just says, look, you know, if you don't come through, we are going right up there and more. Remember, this last round of tariffs, the 125 to 30, that was that fabled Friday where he was really angry and he tweeted. Well, it was angry in part because the Chinese, Chinese put new tariffs on some imports he, from the U.S. And, he didn't expect and they did not follow through at all. But that, had, that actually was a one on agricultural purchases right, that had I, been I, promised. I'm thinking that Secretary Mnuchin represents one side of the White House. The other side of the White House wants to know, look, when are you going to stop sending the fentanyl? When are you going to stop uh, secrets? When are you going to stop with the Huawei? So it all comes down to your belief that he's the dove and that Navarro's the hawk and yeah. the president the hawk eats Navarro. The, dove. the hawk eats the dove in the end. Well, Mnuchin did say that Hong Kong would not be part of the discussion, but your point is Huawei needs to be? Is that it? Is that yeah. It? I mean, look, the people who are, not, just because Bolton's gone doesn't mean that there aren't hardliners. The hardliners, very specifically, 
are saying you can't de-link uh, foreign policy, military issues from trade. You just can't. That's a pipe dream of the Chinese. And the Chinese uh, are always, and this is one of my big uh, problems with mainstream media, the Chinese are always regarded at face value and our president's regarded as mercurial. I think the Chinese are always trying to get away with as much as they can. The president's actually more consistent than people realize. So I, I just think that the bar is high again. If the Chinese do not come through in the next, in the, by October 1, I think that you're going to see he's going to put those tariffs on and he may even do it during that grace period. I mean, yesterday, despite the talk about ag, uh, the reports yesterday, they're also sourcing from Argentina for the first time in 20 years at scale. So we're not the only game in town. No, uh, but uh, this swine flu is continually underestimated. And I say that because I know the guys at Zoetis that are trying so hard to, to solve it and they can't. It, this is a crisis of huge proportions in China. Huge eaters of, uh, of pork. So they need our pork. They need our pork. So if they don't start ordering our pork, then we know that they really are. I mean, so you don't me seem break. particularly uh, positive. No, on, I'm not. Uh, on the no, I'm prospects not. for the next round of talks. No. Not that many people expect that it's going to lead to some sort of immediate deal, but right. you don't even seem positive that it's going to make a lot of progress. It, look, this is, uh, it's not even uh, accept but verify. It's, it's just literally, you know, you guys have just dropped the ball, the Chinese. And I don't think I don't think there's anything going on. And I say that by the fact that just this so-called reprieve, the futures jumped really big last night and then they pulled back entirely. So, no, I just think it's it's the Chinese better do something and do something fast and not just pork. Well, you saw the journal story about them wanting to separate sort of yeah, well, you know, trade that's where from other issues, including Huawei or Hong Kong. They or can't. National security. I mean, Peter Navarro will come on our network and he will say. Looks, the centrality is the seven sins. Remember, he's got these seven sins of what they do. Yes, I heard him the other day uh, he, talking about him. Yeah, on the on squad. That's the president's view. That's the president's view. The borrower's view. The president's view is not Mnuchin's view. Mnuchin's got his own view. He's his own man. I think that's terrific. The Treasury Secretary is his own man. But I really feel that the president thinks that these issues are one and the same. And the Chinese continue to think that we're such a bunch of idiots, boneheads, even. That we will do anything for the farmers because there's an election year. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about Senator Warren. Senator Warren's comments are not, I don't hear her trying to save the family farmer. She's trying to tax people who I think have room to be taxed. Oh, I said it. You're, you're saying that the, the farmers are a subset of the wealthy? For, no, the farmers no. are voting for Trump no matter what. So it doesn't matter whether they, the president's not sitting there thinking, well, I need them to put a soy order through to win Iowa. The president's going to win Iowa. It's base. The base. Trouble versus base. Okay. There she is, Elizabeth Warren. It was funny. Talking about her new plan to uh, increase Social Security benefits by, I think, $200. She's using um, the realistic wealth for people in the country, except for if you live in New York City. $200 a month, right. And then with a 14.8% levy on incomes above uh, $250,000 or $400,000 for a couple, uh, yeah. uh, an investment income. And then right. also another, they would, she would increase the cap. So right now your Social Security tax, your, your pay is capped at $250,000, which you're paying into Social Security. Right. That would go up, also become 14.8%, half paid by the employer, half paid by the employee. Uh, yeah, if you're, li- if you're living in a high-tax state or city where you already are no longer able to deduct your state and local income taxes and this tax burden were to be right. added, I'm not sure what your actual take-home would be, but it would be a lot less. You're going to have to move to Tennessee, is my okay. suggestion, or Florida. 
Because I look for me, I, this is going to probably put me. I'm going to be soon at the 60 percent tax level, which means I start making money for myself about this week in the year. But you know what? I do well, so I don't even care if she wants to. I, I don't want the the way that we are busting the budget. Is it is pretty funny, isn't it? That the Democrats are far more conscious of the budget than the Republicans. Yeah. Well, you've survived uh, the salt limit. Um, people move into Florida out of high tax states already, so maybe you can survive more. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can survive. Look, when you I don't say know they left here, but maybe when you yeah. say on this network that you don't that you think it's OK to pay more tax, there are people who are angry at you. But I am very lucky. I've done very well. I'll pay more tax. I've done well. You're over 50 percent of your I've done well. The taxes, 50. I, I, I don't know, I, like I, where I, it is. There are other people. We know where marginal rates have been historically, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, 70, 80 yeah. percent. Johnny. so many loopholes back then. No, but Johnny paid, what, 70? Paid. Johnny paid. Do you know when you say Johnny, do you know who that is? Johnny Unitas. Johnny Carson. Oh. He's just... His pop culture knowledge is weaker than my friend Aaron Burnett's, who does have good pop culture knowledge. Uh, look, I think that Warren versus Trump is just the dialogue now. And there's a debate. She's, she's behind Biden in the polls. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Tonight. There's a guy named yeah. Biden who's still well ahead of her in the polls. Is that? Yeah. True. Is it? Yeah. Not kidding. Um, Warren is, I don't know, being, Warren is front and center in all the issues that we talk about. She retweeted us for a second straight day. I think the lead of Drudge all morning long, all overnight, was uh, Wall Street, colon. She must be stopped. I said the words you delivered on this show at the well, beginning of the week. that's what they say to me over and over again. I mean, they don't even want her to. There are people who say, how can you put her on? How can you put her on? As if she's like, you know, some sort of uh, pariah. To, she's a senator of the United States of America. She's a very serious, rigorous person. You bet she is. And, Smart uh, as a whip. And uh, somewhat relentless. One day I'll tell you about how I met her. Strong characteristic yeah. for people who achieve things. And you will say, she is rigorous. Um, she tweets uh, and then sends you to position papers. Yes. She does not tweet. She's not calling anyone a so, bonehead. By although, the way. despite the fact that you brought this line to the conversation that we're looking at right here, you, you have a soft spot for her, it seems. Yes. Because? Because I think that she has thought about the people who are doing not well in the country, uh, and that that is great. Would you, can you say yet, would you vote for her? I don't talk about who I vote. <laughs> right. I don't talk about who I vote, and I've been pretty split in whom I vote over time, if you want to look at my record. Actually, right down the middle. Sorry. Well- it's certainly become a big part of the conversation now. Even she is, and it will, it will even more so again if, if in fact, she becomes a, a front runner or um, becomes continues to pick momentum up. Uh, but I think it, it will play into this larger conversation that we're going to have here that really is is ongoing about the changing face of capitalism. Yes, and it goes back yes. to the business roundtable, which Trailblazer people, by Benioff. Again, we've talked yes. right, and also even the rise of uh, ESG uh, as a yes. real focus for investors. And it's real, I think. Right. Uh, you, what is the role of the corporation in society? What responsibilities does it have beyond just this letter shareholder value? From and CEOs? She, she, she certainly is at the forefront of asking those kinds of yeah. questions. Yeah. I mean, this letter from CEOs yeah. on gun control? I know uh, that everyone's getting Sorkin has in the Times today. I am. It's good. Look, wealth tax on $50 million. Do you think the people who make $50 million can we, we'll get hurt by a wealth tax when assets of fifty million. I, so I think it's no. it's two percent above fifty, That's right? Fine. So every I got no problem with those that. Those people do those people do great. Maybe you do, but I don't. Those people do great. But when I get there, 
which I they never can will. afford it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they, I thought this social. I don't feel this, like they can afford it. I, I, I you, know, you guys didn't think the social security benefits thing isn't good. It's, hey, you know what? She came on Mad Money, and she revealed a series of things. And she said, "What do you think of them?" And I said, "I don't know. They seem reasonable." She goes, "It's exactly what Reagan wanted. 14.8 percent on investment income." You earn more than four hundred thousand. Why not? You don't do anything. What, I, look, you are, don't do are, anything on investment. Are restaurants and hotels exempt? Is that what's going on? Here? I don't give a darn. Look, the investment income means you don't do anything. Why is investment income tax lower You're, than the hardworking people do ordinary? Some income? would say that that is one of the reasons why there has been such a, a, a divergence in income I, and in, I, income I, inequality, I, in part right. because of capital gains taxes and things like that. Alternatively, you've got a president who's not talking about in, indexing them to capital gains to inflation. Although not uh, anymore. Although, yes. about it being Maybe they're closer. Maybe the divide's closer. yesterday came back out, so I'm confused. As to Nancy Pelosi is right down the middle. I remember when she was a bomb thrower. She's now the most consensual, Tip O'Neill-like person in the house. In the country. <laughs> in the country. No single payer for her. CVS stock up today on Deutsche Bank upgrade. Why? No single payer. Larry Merlot. Yes, got it. Merlot. Back to stocks. A fine Merlot, yeah. I know you're a Cabernet guy. Uh, we have to talk about Warren only because that's what everybody talks about. When I spoke to speak to CEOs, after the camera's done, they say, hey, listen, what are you, what are you hearing about Warren? What, 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 I, I get it, what's too. The story I told, I've said, we've said the same thing. I hear it's it. true. Yeah. They all want to know Warren. They, they, they're all, yeah. They don't say, what are you hearing about Biden? Nope. Nope. No. That matters. She's part of the discussion. Yep. By the way, uh, this conversation right here is now a podcast. You can listen to us at the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street at CNBC.com backslash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to get stopped trading with Jim in a moment. Uh, don't go away. We're going to do the Mad Dash now. Yeah. Jim, are you ready? Could we do this now? Of course I can do it now. Are you kidding me? We're going to do it. No, we'll, we'll, we'll do it after the break. Trading still at the end. There's a look at future. I was going to do work. We're back in a minute. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Oh, we got 13 minutes before we get started trading here on a Thursday at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's get back to stocks a bit. Right. Oracle reported uh, earnings. Uh, also, some news about yes. CEO Mark Hurd. What's your take? Well, Jim? first, Oracle. Uh, people always the analyst community is always biased against a company that's you, that gap uh, non gap 13, 14 percent buys back a lot of stock, clean balance sheet up a little bit. I thought the quarter was fine. I mean, that is the problem with this company. The quarter's fine. The quarter's fine. They always find something to pick on this. I'm deferred revenue, not that good. Uh, by the way, uh, Ellison was back on the call. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Talking about a big win versus Workday on McDonald's. That was really what I thought was the major takeaway. Yes, that was one of the headlines. That was a huge takeaway. But here's yeah. the problem. Mark Hurd is the aggressive, not just front man, but the guy who drives sales. We're not... Uh, sure about what's the matter with Mark. We've got to wish him well, obviously. Took a, taking a leave of absence yes. for medical reasons. And the stock should get hit on that. Uh, because if Mark doesn't come back, 
but I respect Mark tremendously because he is a competitor. Right. He's and, kind of the outside. Now, Safra Katz is also CEO of this company. She's brilliant. Has been there for quite some time. Yeah, like Mr. Ellison is the chairman. He is um, brilliant. Jeez. Yeah. So, but, but they've had an unusual uh, unusual uh, organization yes. on, with these co, co-CEOs. They don't even call them that, but co-CEOs. Right. And uh, I just think that the herd is the public face of the company, not Ellison, not Safra Katz. And... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's one of the reasons why they have a lot of big wins. Uh, Larry Ellison is, is an amazing and person. And for the quarter itself, any tells in terms of spending? No, no, exactly. I mean, you, you can't get a read. I, it's like IBM. I mean, there's these companies that people just don't talk about. Intel just went from 48 to 53. People don't talk about these companies. Cisco reported a not-so-great quarter stock. Nobody cares. They care, David, about Zendesk and Zscaler. They care, David, about CrowdStrike. David, it's an octa market. It's incredible what people care about now. They care about cloud, cloud, cloud. And Ellison has always tried to inject himself saying, listen, we've got a great cloud business. It's getting better and better. The margins are good. The hardware business is coming back down. But I demand respect for Ellison. He, when you go out to, to Silicon Valley, there isn't a person that doesn't think Ellison's a genius. And Ellison's back in his mid-70s. and uh, you, look, He's 40. He's 40 as far as I'm concerned. But well, Mark 70 Earth, is the new We wish 40. you well. We wish you well. That's what at least we're hoping. And we do. Um, if you ever say something bad about Oracle, Hurd, Hurd hears it. Yeah. And he's in your face instantly. Oh, yeah. No, he's an aggressive gentleman. Yeah. Um, I like right. that. Let's, uh, let's get in a break here, of course, as we count you down to an opening bell. We also do have an IPO this morning. We are going to keep a close eye on Smile Direct. Looks like it's going to be up. Selfie generation, yeah, David. 13 times oversubscribed. That's not necessarily meaning that it's going to be up sharply, but... It does appear to be well positioned to uh, to go above where it priced. They just hate it. Yeah, I can imagine why. They hate yeah. it. Everything comes in a box. We got a lot more squawk on the street for you live post night. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Smile Direct Club getting ready to ring the opening bell at the NASDAQ. Company celebrating its IPO. Prices at 23 above the range. Uh, we'll get an interview with top executives later on this morning. Keep it right here. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world, the opening bell in just under four minutes. Man, there's a lot to cover today. Uh, there's the China-U.S. Uh, moves, these goodwill gestures. We talked about Draghi, uh, the president's reaction to that, Jim, obviously. 
uh, arguing that the Fed didn't say bonehead today, I don't think, right. but he no. did say Fed needs to cut. I think the Europeans should be careful. The president is no fan of Merkel. The president is no fan of the way that the Europeans have handled their uh, auto tariffs, and they could be next. They, uh, they continue to make it so that the euro is being debased. They ought to be very careful. I think the president's itching to do something against them. He does not feel the old, uh, uh, let's line up you, with the You've been saying that for a while. Oh, no, he's very upset. He's very upset with the Germans. So I think that they're playing with fire if they continue to go down this path. Uh, I don't think he'll call Draghi a bonehead because he, uh, he wants our Fed chief to do exactly what Draghi's doing, to stay in step. Uh, the, the problem is, is they have no growth whatsoever, so they got to do something. We have some growth. So I think that when we hear all these discussions about where our rates are going down, too, remember that when Draghi, Draghi's trying to debase the, the euro with hopefully that business gets better. I don't know it. That business is so linked to China. Europe is so linked to China. And that's one of the reasons why you never hear them doing anything. I think a big test case, by the way, it's more London. London Stock Exchange being bought by Hong Kong. That's the communist Chinese buying London Stock Exchange. London Stock Exchange rejected it. But will the London Stock Exchange be willing to be bought by com- communist Chinese? Uh, Interesting question. It's a question. It's, listen, the deal is not viewed as necessarily very likely, uh, given the unsolicited nature of it. London Stock Exchange wants to complete its deal to acquire Refinitiv, become more of a data yes. provider. Yes. But it's interesting. Oh, and it's well, the we last have chance. It. It's the last chance to buy the LSE if, if the, you can get them before they do the, and break the refinitive deal and consolidate exchanges. A lot of people feel, well, obviously, in Italy recently. And you go by, you see Belt and Road, which is their strategy of, uh, of farm, let's say, foreign aid. You see their signs everywhere Belt and Road in English, right in our faces. I mean, depending upon whether we're there. But I just think that you've got to recognize that they, the Chinese are so close to Europe versus us. We are not part of the equation when it comes to Europe because we are not pro-Europe. Well, the reaction to uh, Draghi, at least, was brief. I think the entire German curve back in negative territory. Let's get to Steve Leisman talk more about what Draghi said today. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, Carl. Yeah, he just said negative rates are a necessity, uh, Mario Draghi just said at his press conference. And he went more into the necessity uh, range there. They cut rates, uh, their benchmark rate, by another 10 basis points to negative 0.5. They added 20 billion euros of quantitative easing on top of that. He said the easing is a response to low inflation on a weaker economy. He said we see persistence of downside risks um, and muted inflationary pressures as well. They downgraded the inflation outlook. They downgraded the growth outlook out there. These are things not necessarily happening happening here. Uh, He was asked about the president's tweet, which you guys were just talking about. Let me uh, play for you what he said. The answer is very simple. We have a mandate. We pursue price stability and we don't target exchange rates. Period. Carl, I don't want to make uh, Jimmy angry over there, but there are some people who say if the if Draghi is not targeting the exchange rate, then what does he plan to have happen as a result of more negative interest rates other than the currency weaken, Carl? Ah, so what happens now? We declare them a, a manipulator, Jim? <laughs> look, it has to do with tariffs. Hey, you know, look, it, part of the conversation, you're talking about China with the White House. What are they saying? Hey, don't forget the Germans. Don't forget the Germans. Don't forget BMW. Don't forget, don't forget uh, Volkswagen. I, 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 I didn't even bring them up. 
So just be aware, Draghi, thin ice. Thin ice, Draghi. Well, he's done anyway. That's true, yeah. That's Lagarde's problem now. Uh, Steve, thanks. Talk to you in a little while. Uh, Steve Leisman, let's get to the opening bell here. S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. And the big board, it's Wisdom Tree celebrating its Women's Initiative Network at the NASDAQ. As we said earlier, Smile Direct Club, a direct-to-consumer medical technology company for straightening your teeth. Celebrating its IPO today. Original range was 19 to 22 projected uh, coming in at 23. Uh, this is incredible because this is a company that is valued gigantically. Remember, it's going up against Invisalign, which stock has been coming down. Uh, this is a way to do it at home. I mean, this is a do it. This is part of the subscription economy, basically. And uh, everybody who's had uh, kids that have been using Invisalign, the kids are happy, obviously. They tend to be Instagramaholics. But this is a, a way that is very disruptive to the industry. It's a I know that there are orthodontists right now who are e- emailing me saying, listen, it shouldn't even be allowed. It's, it, it's not vaping, but they say it shouldn't be allowed. It is right. It's kind of do it yourself. I mean, they yeah. take pictures, they then they make the molds, and then you have a box that spits out every week or whatever I it know. is, a new one. New form of healthcare. You, uh, address the gaps in your teeth or whatever it might be. I think it's an original company, but what worries me is, is why is the market going nuts for this I mean, is it because we don't want WeWork? I mean, it's a revulsion. Ah, why do they? I mean, is it a stretch to put it in your um, Ulta, Estee Lauder selfie category or not? No, it's not a stretch. And it's actually people from that industry that told me about this. That was where I first heard it. And I think that the millennials love straight teeth. Gen X, big uh, teeth straightener. Hey, by the way, when you go to Europe, they can use this. United Kingdom, holy cow! Ain't they really, ever really? I'm going to send UK teeth jokes. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to donate. I'm going to donate a hundred thousand subs. They need they're they. Ain't Come they on, ever heard man. of orthodontists? They're not. It's no longer Austin Powers. Come on. No, I just it's really it's vital. <laughs> Smile Direct UK would be just a killer. Well, I'm sure they're over there. Um, by the way, well, moving on to IPOs that are to come. This will set a tone, and if it's a positive one, it can only help. Even the wee company. Yes. As Uh-oh. it gets ready to begin. David. What? You're taking that leap of faith. I'm just saying. Um, they're getting ready. They're getting ready to start things out on Monday. Great. For the Top of the market. I'm telling you. Top of the world, Ma. Well, not necessarily. I can I can see you I can see you actually getting warmer to it at like 15, 16 billion. Well, they do that, that's that would what? Where would that be for us? Uh, and when Uber? Adam Newman gets a hold of you and does the mind meld on you. You're then going to be like, I, have I a love soft spot the for company. I have a small soft spot for Newman. He's an entertaining guy. Um, yeah, I guess so. We'll hey. see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. You know, it's that interesting. Comes, let's I call it. Last time I saw. Week, week after, late, the week, you know, two weeks from today, maybe. Right, but last time I saw Newman, I was with David Blaine. Oh, that was the. Oh, that, you've talked about yeah, that. Two Blaine magicians. Yeah. Two magicians. Right? One guy's able to get $40 billion. And the other guy's able to put a card in your mouth and know what it is. You're able to levitate. No, no. How Blaine, is that possible? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I told, I, when I see Blaine, I always say the same thing, which is that there's everybody, except for uh, O's. O's is real, too. O's and Blaine are not of this world. They actually are science fiction. Uh, and I said that to Blaine. Blaine says, you believe in me more than I believe in me. I said, absolutely. <laughs> Blaine's incredible. He's, he's not of this world. Uh, Nor is Newman. 
<laughs> Newman is in this one. <laughs> yes, I promise. Jim, we haven't talked a whole lot about CPI today, but uh, core CPI year on year, 2-4, is the biggest jump in 11 years. Uh, we were looking for 2-3. There's a Fed meeting next week in which people are looking for a cut. Jobless claims today, lowest, so low. lowest since April. What in the world is Jay Powell going to do? Well, I think that, boy, is he in a hard spot here. Uh, he was doing great when we had that last employment number, which was weaker. Uh, he does want a little bit of inflation, so let's not rule that out. I think that, that I think Powell is capable of saying, let's wait, uh, which would be devastating to the stock market. No, no cut. You think a no cut next week is I possible? I think that when you call, honest to God, you call the guy a bonehead and he cuts? I mean, well, what if, that's just a license to call the guy sparky. Well, call him double bonehead, then you get 50 basis points. <laughs> right? You can't, you're the Fed chief. You've got these data. You are uh, insulted daily on Twitter. You had a reputation beforehand of being a serious individual. Do you just say, hey, listen, you called me a bonehead. I've got red-hot employment. I've got higher uh, CPI, and I'm going to just succeed to his boneheadedness, even though I am a favor of believer in rate cuts because I think our rates are – he took rates too high. That's what the president's view is not what the numbers are right now. It's just that it never, the rates should have never been too high versus the rest of the world. I think the president's right. The president's right on that. If that's true, where's the bleed-through from that, those hikes of the last couple of years? I mean, we, stocks are at a record. Jobless claims are rock bottom. The labor market's tight as a drum. People feel, CPI's warming up. People feel manufacturing. I've had, we've had well, people we've never got, say it's in that's the all, That's trade, isn't it? It's, well, yeah. I mean, because if he wants to win the trade war, he needs the Fed on his side. Remember, he believes in central planning. He says the communist Chinese have central planning. We should have central planning. It's all for one and one for all. And he's got a bonehead at the Fed who's trying to exercise independence. And that is where he's coming from, is that he does not want the Chinese to win because because the bonehead Fed chief is saying, hey, listen, uh, I know I raised it too much, but you know what? The heck with you. Last I heard, we were not a centrally planned economy. Well, the president wants a little central planning. I think he's a little jealous of Xi. Maybe true. Oh, come on. You know, it's true. Except that. I mean, you bring on Larry Kudlow or any of these other people, and they're not, they're not going to ascribe to your viewpoint of central planning. President. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, one, you're right about one thing. If we don't get a 25 next week, right. we're gonna, there's going to be some pain. Yes, there will yeah. be. We have two central pa- planners. We've got the president's central plan saying we've got to beat the Chinese, and then we have Senator Warren's central plan saying that the rich people are paying too little. They're both central planners. It's true. They also both come back yet yeah, to the responsibility of the corporation and what it is. By the way, exactly you make an right. argument that Trump also is, in a way, part of that debate by saying, hey, your responsibility is to hire workers in the United States. Believe which it or not, you're not actually doing. They have, maybe guess, your margins do get squeezed a little bit, but you're helping overall. They have more in common with each other than they do with uh, yes. Nancy Pelosi. That's, which is crazy. Isn't it crazy? So, We're in a crazy well, that time. that goes to the, reflect the craziness of our political climate right now, I think. In some but I, I have Everlane on tonight, which is a private company. I love their clothes. I'm trying to look a little more youthful. And what goes on with them is it's all sustainability. Sustainability leads to sustainable profits. I don't know if that's youthful, but this it's is a, nice. Okay. No, it's beautiful. This is a super 210. This is 210 count. Oh, look. You do yeah. not get. Also, it actually fits you almost. Which is, well, it, is that I had, the youthful move? When I was in Milan, I had a tailor. Fit you now? I had a tailor perfectly. I just wanted one suit, a 210 suit. Um, David, do you know your house, your apartment? Excuse me? Your apartment. Yes, Did what you about have? it? This is an apartment. <laughs> 
it's an apartment. And you think Senator Warren shouldn't tax more? I'm wearing an apartment. I'm taking 14.8% of that suit. You wouldn't take right count, now. David. This is like seven times the count of that, of that Kmart suit that you're wearing. Cut out 14.8%. I didn't know um, Kmart still made suits. I didn't know Kmart was still in business. GE guys wanted to mention briefly. Is that part of the briefly. Lampert collection? Oh, that is. This is a nice suit, I think. Um, GE guys, uh, not doing anything today, but worth mentioning, they're tendering for $5 billion worth of their bonds. $2.5 billion U.S. dollar aggregate purchase uh, price of four GE company bonds and $2.5 billion U.S. dollar worth aggregate purchase of six euro-denominated uh, GE company bonds. All of this, of course, part of the company's attempts to delever, uh, particularly its industrial leverage target of uh, less than two and a half times net debt over EBITDA. Remember, they've taken in some proceeds, Baker Hughes, Wabtec as well, the sales there, and now they're making this tender for um, five, up to up to $5 billion dollars of, of GE bonds. Right. Kind of positive. They got the money from Baker Hughes uh, that, yeah. you know, they, they are putting it right to, yeah, I mean, it is positive. It's delevering right. is positive for a company that has that kind of leverage. Delevering I mean, a lot positive. of people feel that Oracle should be delevering faster. Oh, Oracle is down over 4%. Mark Hurd is really important to that company. Yeah. He wins a lot of business head-to-head. Oh, by the way, I, earlier I misspoke that uh, the people in the U.K. are able to get Smile Direct, and they should get scholarships, and they should get some sort of subsidy because they need it more than Americans. <laughs> wow. Jesus, Jim. What? You have no plans to visit London anytime soon. I <laughs> love London. You think that they'll... Really? That'll I mean, you're going with the oldest joke in the book there, my friend. Well, gonna, are we taking this to the Catskills? Where other, are you headed? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fly over to London. Boy, my arms are tired. Uh, look, it, it is. James Bond had great teeth. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Uh, he certainly did. Um, Jim, we haven't talked a lot about this momentum shift this week. JPM has a note today arguing that it's been largely technical so far. But it could be followed by an upturn, as they say, in the business profit cycle, reminiscent of 2016. Are you in this camp? Yes, I am. I am. And I, there's a very important downgrade today. We've got a real battleground. I want you to watch Caterpillar and Deer, because they got downgraded by Wells. Very, a guy who does a lot of work, a very good, solid work when it comes to how companies are doing. If those stocks go down today and stay down, then, then people who are buying these stocks are going to get a hurt when they have the earnings. Steve Tucson, by the way, with a negative note on 3M. And look at 3M run. Isn't that something? What, is what does that mean? I think that Tucson's gotten is too negative on the stocks, even though he's correct on some of the fa- uh, facts. He's got to get more on the stock pick. GE's moving up. 3M's moving up. It's, never, it's not too late for him to declare victory. No. Uh, well, he hates it when I say that. Most of the uh, uh, big tech is up this morning. Uh, Amazon up over a percent. Uh, Fang? Alphabet. Fang? Fang is, Fang is up. David, you know, Netflix. Yeah. Apple doesn't stop, does it? No. And a lot of that Apple, David, is the belief that uh, the, the Apple Plus is going to be have some great entertainment. <laughs> You're just baiting David now. Okay. You say yeah. so. They can afford it. They can... They can. Yeah, they can. They can afford it. And over time, I would assume they will spend more and more and get deeper and deeper in and yeah, and probably have a, a, a platform that actually offers you a variety of different content. It's going to be amazing. They know customers better than anyone. I know we got to go to Bob Pisani. Really, really quick, uh, Walmart's near a record high. And uh, they we should mention uh, right this new face. unlimited right grocery delivery. Take that, Kroger. $98 a year. 
I want that. Some- you want to let the guy in. Remember, this is the uh, the Lord Lord plan. You let the guy in to, and have to stock your refrigerator. I would like that. I would like that service. Take a look at that. Twenty five percent. David, you don't have to go out at all. They come right to your refrigerator. Right, you never right. have to leave your your apartment, which is worth less than the suit. Right. Uh, thank you for reminding me of that again. No, it's because the suit's expensive, not because your apartment is undervalued. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a bit happy there. I live in this. You live in nice. that. I live in this. You live in that. You do. You actually do live in it. Never takes his tie off. Never takes his suit never. off. I got my reading this weekend. I don't know what to do. Whenever so you I hear, went to Everland. Whatever you imagine him listening to a conference call, reading a conference call, watching one of those binge TV shows, he's always wearing that suit and tie. Absolutely. It's just he's more comfortable in the pajamas. I don't trade. Wherever restaurant he's at, at any moment in time, Absolutely. he's always wearing that suit. Yes. And tie. Totally true. It's true. Uh, we did hit uh, 3,010. Let's get to Bob Bassani, Bob. Yeah, and we're up and we're very near new highs. But the question is how much more life is left into this rotation rally that we've been talking about. So remember what the rotation has been. It's been going on for uh, a week now. And it's basically longer cyclical stocks. So retailers had a great week, five days, up 7%. Banks have got a great time, up 6%. Energy's had a great time. Uh, industrial's up 3 or 4%. Uh, can it continue? Well, let's look at what's leading and lagging today, in fact. So we talk about retail banks energy. Guess what's lagging? Retail banks and energy. Huh. This tells you we're running out of steam a little bit here. Industrials uh, on the flat side. Again, this has been the sort of leadership group uh, in the last five days. So where are we? What's, let's look at the checklist where we're at. And, wh- and why did this happen anyhow? Why are we getting this rotation to begin with? We've had trade talk momentum. We've had aggressive central bank action. We said some decent economic or expectations of aggressive central bank action with some decent economic data. And basically the concerns about recessions have receded a little bit. They could come back, of course. But what does that all mean? What is this? all led to? Well, number one, we've seen bond yields lifting. That's probably the most important thing. That happened beginning last Thursday. We saw a lot of crowded trades unwinding. What's that? Well, remember, let's go long defensive names. Let's go long consumer staples and utilities and REITs. And then let's short big cyclicals, the retailers, the uh, industrial names, uh, the banks. That crowded trade has unwound. That is certainly very healthy for the market to be a little more balanced. And we've seen good internals. We've seen low volatility. VIX is at 15. High pessimism still. I think that'll reverse. And we're right near highs. This is a very good overall scenario for the market. I think here's the problem. Look at the S&P 500. We're, what, 0.5%? from a new high for the S&P. And now we're back to that old argument. It's really pricey. 17.1 times forward earnings right now. Uh, and that's the way the market looks. What's the multiple for the market right now? And to get this, to keep this up there, you can't just have uh, crowded trades unwinding. You can't have a bunch of short covering. That's going to run out of steam. It may already be running out of steam today. You need to see some real improvement in the economic activity. That's why I'm very heartened by the recent U.S. economic data. I think it's still pretty good. Mr. Draghi didn't particularly help us in Europe over there. It was a rather dour view of the European economy. But again, they're going to be stimulating. So you're going to need to keep at least some decent economic data to see this going. Let me just move on, talk about the IPOs, because I know we're going to have the head of Smile Direct on. We have been upsizing these IPOs recently. I just want to just briefly talk about Caterpillar, because Jim is right. The biggest call of the day is the Wells Fargo call on Caterpillar. And here you see, this is all about trade talk on Caterpillar. Up, down, up, down on trade talk. And that call by Wells Fargo saying, okay, we've gone far enough here, and we've talked about what's going on around uh, 
Demand likely to decrease off of peak conditions in the United States. That's an important call, and that's a fundamental call, not just on the trade talk. So Jim's right. I think that's the most important call of the day. Just on the IPOs, three upsize IPOs this week. So you know about uh, a Smile Direct. We'll be opening very shortly. But look at this, 19 to 22 here. It's pricing at 23, upsize there. How about all this talk about some of the big ones that are out there? 10X genomic gene sequencing. Look at this, 31 to 35 a few days ago. It's pricing at 39 on the NASDAQ today. Finally, just tomorrow, we've got Cloudflare. That'll be here at the New York Stock Exchange. This was 10 to 12. It's now 12 to 14 is the price talk. I haven't got a final price on that. The point here is, Carl, IPO business is still very hot. Back to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob Bob Bassani. In fact, speaking of which, for more on Smile Direct Club uh, IPO, let's go to Bertha Coombs at the NASDAQ. Hey, Bertha. Hey, Carl. Yeah, it's going to be a very busy morning here with two big IPOs, both of them upsize, as Bob was mentioning. Smile Direct, of course, a direct-to-consumer teeth straightening aligners. Those Invisalign is the big competitor, and in fact, they have had a big impact on competitors. Again, it did price above the range. It's going to give it about a $9 billion valuation. But this has been a very competitive market because in addition to Smile Direct, you've also got Candid that also goes direct to consumer. And then, of course, Invisalign, which has uh, its maker, Align Technologies, has suffered this year. It's down about 14 percent after having been a very big mover here on the NASDAQ. Some of the suppliers in the dental market, like uh, Dentsply and Henry Schein, have done better because this is a very popular area. The other big uh, IPO in healthcare here today, 10X Genomics. This is a gene sequencing company that makes a technology for gene sequencing, kind of in the Illumina space. Also priced above the range, it's going to have a better than $3.5 billion valuation. So we're going to have a very busy morning over here, guys. Back over to you. Uh, Thank you very much, Bertha. Today we are remembering the life of legendary oil tycoon T. Boone Pickens. He died yesterday at the age of 91. A lot's been said, Jim. You talked about him uh, before the top of the hour. I personally was reminded of his decision to move his childhood home back to his ranch where he will be buried. He wrote about that online earlier this year. But what a life. Oh, geez. This man led many lives. I remember hearing him in 1984 when I was at law school. He was a raider. Uh, and there were people who felt that he represented the worst part of capitalism. Uh, by the end of his life, I think people felt that he represented capitalism with a human face. He wanted to put as many people to work, wanted to make it so that we were energy independent, had uh, a high set of ideals. He never lost one thing he had from the days I met him. He's one of the funniest, one of the funniest CEOs. Just had a grand time. Whatever he did, he had a blast. And he led his life to the fullest. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, very much so. And, and was in great physical condition, actually, very late into his 80s, uh, as you can see even there. I mean, that's a yeah, that was, time ago, but that still. That was eight years ago. And then led the charge on natural gas uh, and, right. and sort of energy independence. Remember, he had an ad campaign for it, but yeah. it, it turned out that he didn't need the government. American industry did it. Right. Uh, and I think that when, he, when we start doing 18 million barrels a day, uh, which is what we're going to be doing in five years. Look at that man and remember that he believed. He and there was one other person who believed, Aubrey McClendon. Uh, not to mention the hundreds of millions of dollars he donated oh. to Oklahoma education. Oklahoma yes, into Oklahoma. Yes. It reminds me of uh, Ken Langone, who's done so much for Bucknell. There are people who go to a school and they just support their school in a way that makes it so that school becomes great. How fabulous is that? 
Uh, T. Boone Pickens, a uh, long friend of our network. Oh, We're going to miss him, uh, passing away at the age of 91. We'll be right back. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. All right, first member, Broadcom reports tonight. Very important quarter. For Broadcom tonight, got it. Uh, PayPal, you'll see, is up big. Now, it's very interesting. PayPal has been down big for day and day and day. What was happening to PayPal? Absolutely nothing. It's all part of the rotation out of regular fintech into regular banks. Uh, PayPal being the best example, Visa, including that. Now that everything is reversing, you can expect to see lots of the bank stocks go down, and that money could just keeps bouncing around. Now fintech is back. Good to have you. All right, Jim, what's on Mad tonight? All right, I've got two of the hottest companies out there, one public, one private, CrowdStrike, which is in cybersecurity. A lot of people feel that competition's gotten very rife in that business. And then Michael Praisman, I, I think Everlane represents the future. It's non-landfill, it's sustainable, and he is a very bright and good man. Uh, new store in Brooklyn opens today, it's gorgeous. In wow. Clothing. Pittsburgh. Clothing? Yeah, clothing. Okay, I do. Yes. So Brooklyn has that and a new Chick-fil-A open today. Chick-fil-A closed Sundays. Uh, David, I just want to say that uh, this is not from Everlane. But anytime you want to sublet, I'll let you have it. I want 14.8% of it right now. This is why Elizabeth Warren could be very right, because guys like me are walking. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Don't take take Subway in that. Blessed. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.